0: I'm creating this circular effect where I'm cross-promoting all my social networks with each other, because when they see me on all these different places, that's when they're going to be like, I see you're everywhere. I need your help.
1: Hi, my name's Kurt Mercadante, and I'm a husband, father, speaker, trainer, and disruptive entrepreneur whose mission is to save the world by helping individuals fight for lives of freedom and fulfillment. And that's what this show is about. We're here to help you fight apathy and conformity in your life. We're here to interview and tell the stories of individuals around the world who are helping others live lives of freedom and fulfillment as well. This is the Freedom Club Podcast, and we're grateful you're here. Well, welcome, everyone. This is Kurt Mercadante. I am the host, of course, as you know of the Freedom Club podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today and I am very excited to host our interview today with mark guberti he 's a USA Today and wall street journal best selling author with over a hundred thousand students in over one hundred and eighty countries enrolled in his online courses. We discussed offline you 've offered authored now twenty plus books. You're the host of the Breakthrough Success podcast and radio show where your listeners learn how to achieve their breakthroughs. You also coach content creators and how they can attract more traffic to their content and boost revenue. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Kurt, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to providing massive value to the listeners. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And and, you know, online, watching you online, looking at your books... There's just a lot of product that you are producing to help other people, whether it's your, your podcast, your books, your, your public speaking. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got from A to B, the idea that you wanted to help people be awesome online creators. We talked about, you have one book, you know, write and grow rich. How did you, how
0: did you get it out of that idea stage to where you are now? So the general idea is like, I always want to do something extraordinary. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to do that. And I feel like there are a lot of people who they have that same kind of idea where they want to do something that's really big for them. So I dabbled around in blogging for a bit and then I got the idea of, let me get more traffic to this thing because that's what all bloggers want to do. Uh so as I was getting traffic and stuff like that, I thought this is something that I should really be helping people with. Like this is my true calling, helping people grow their businesses, helping people reach the people who they can positively impact. So uh that's what the inspiration that really fueled me to write the books, to host Breakthrough Success, create my YouTube channel, do all these different things to help people. So I'd say it all stems from that original idea where uh i I knew what it felt like to not be heard all content creators do at some point. And then I was able to get heard. I had the audience, I had the traction and I wanted to help other people do that.
1: What was your, um, you know, I work with a lot of folks who are, they have this idea, they have a concept, they want to help people, they want to produce content and the fear of change and fear of, maybe they're in a career right now that they're not fulfilled, but the thought of doing that and taking the idea and making it actually happen, there's some fear, there's some limiting beliefs that hold them back. Some try it and then face a number of challenges. What what have been some of the challenges you faced, especially at the beginning, but even now as a seasoned content creator and coach? Uh,
0: so when it comes to implementing the idea, that's hard, especially when it's consistency, like with the YouTube, you just got to keep uploading videos again and again and again. That's definitely a part of it. Uh, I am consistent on the platforms, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's easy. Like A lot of creators make it look easy, but that doesn't mean it's easy. And then if you're writing a book, you've got to really stick with something for weeks, even months, depending on what you're trying to do with the book, how long you want the book to be. So I would say that big challenge is just sticking with the idea to completion and not getting distracted by some of the shiny objects around you as you pursue that idea. That's
1: awesome. That, that, that's great. And, and you know, the uh, name of my podcast is the Freedom Club Podcast. And I talk about freedom. And some, for some people, that means entrepreneurship. For some people, freedom to them is a nine to five job, but one that fulfills them and that they feel good. It's like a warm blanket. And that's great. You're an entrepreneur. You're coaching people. You're producing content. I assume and you appear and watching you online to, to be fulfilled by what you do. One question I like to ask my guests is the word freedom. What does that word mean to you?
0: Uh, to me, freedom is the ability to do what you love 24-7. So do the work that you love. That means come home to a family that you love or be in home the family you love if you are work from home. Uh, so just love your life, the people you're with, the work you're doing 24-7, and having the flexibility to do what you want to do. So uh, it's not like you have to seek someone's approval to go on a vacation or something like that. It's like, I want to go on a vacation. Okay. I'm going on vacation. That's just what I'm doing. So to me, all that, that's what freedom is to me.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks. And you know, as I asked people that, uh, and guess that there, everyone has a unique take on what freedom means and freedom is so personal to everyone. There are certainly common themes. Um, but I always love to ask that question. I'll probably do an episode where I just string hundreds of them together that I've asked people along the way. Um, and, and just appreciate that. So thank you. Um, you know, when you talk about content and offline, you know, I used to have a PR and ad agency and our tagline was telling your story to audiences that matter. And I find a lot of people, you know, I, I, um, have some courses and trainings now on personal branding. And I find that a lot of people when they come to me and they're just starting out with their personal brand. And by the way, this was the same, what I'm about to say it was the same with large corporations when they're starting a campaign. Right. And they start with the tools. You know, I remember, I I'll always remember when Google plus first came out and was a thing, you know, if it even was a thing for a little bit. And I had one client who called a meeting. What's our Google plus strategy. It's like, well, Google Plus isn't a strategy; it's a tool. You have to, you know, you have to back it up. Where do you start? You know, in terms of broadly, you know, there's objectives, strategy, tactics, tools, those types of things. Where do you suggest that people start when they're looking to to build a um, a robust content marketing campaign?
0: So, I think you start with attention because if you could get people's attention and keep that attention for long periods of time, that's how you'll get the sales. There are people who they will. They have, in my case, they've watched my content for years. They've watched my YouTube videos. They've listened to me for months or something like that. Then they become customers or clients. Now, I do get some customers and clients quickly, but that's usually from like a live appearance on a stage or something like that, where that kind of thing is a lot more common. So I would say start with attention. So what that means is creating engaging content that keeps people on board. So one thing I love about YouTube is they let you see retention rates. So if you draw content, like how do you know it's good? If you see people are only watching 10% of your video, that's bad. If people are watching like 50, 60% of your video, that's good. So you want that attention. Uh, but you also want attention across multiple platforms because if you grow on YouTube, you've got the discoverability there. But you also have discoverability on Instagram, discoverability on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, every social network has its own level of uh, discoverability you can get from that platform for people who have no idea who you are. So where all this leads is on YouTube. I make it a point to promote a LinkedIn article if I can. On LinkedIn, I, in the articles, I will not write a LinkedIn article anymore unless I can embed multiple YouTube videos of mine within that hmm. article. Uh, with Instagram, I'm promoting my YouTube. And, uh, like I'm doing this with all my social networks, like Twitter, I'm leading people to YouTube and YouTube. I'm leading people. So I'm, lead, I'm creating this circular effect where I'm cross promoting all my social networks with each other. And that in the end, like the, uh, like get attention, get people bouncing around and then get them on my email list because when they see me on all these different places, that's what they're going to be like. I see you're everywhere. I need your help.
1: Is that when, you know, you get them into email, which is, you know, your real estate, you control, um, you're not, you're not subject to the whims of Facebook's algorithms or LinkedIn's changing algorithms, all that. Is that where, is that the real, uh, action point of your, you know, you get all these folks in your online courses. Is it the attention you funnel them down? Do you get most of them actually taking that action to buy and join through email by bringing them down to the funnel?
0: Or is it, or is it kind of everywhere? Dropping links in YouTube, LinkedIn, all that? It's mostly email. So it's like, I will work to get someone on my email list. I'll mention something uh, at the beginning or at the end of my content, depending on where I want to put it, uh, to get people on my email list. The like social networks, like I don't, you don't see too many sales from the network unless you do like a live or something like that but they're more of a let's boost the discoverability. Let's get a bunch of people who have never heard of me to suddenly see my content. And then let's the main goal, get them on my email list because that's where the money comes. Got it.
1: Okay, cool. Cool. Now you talked about consistency and that, you know, you're consistent, but that doesn't mean it's easy. And, um, whether you talk about YouTube or you talk about podcasts, I had uh, a few weeks ago, I had Victor Antonio on my podcast, his sales trainer. He had his own show on spike TV. um, and he told me about, you know, he left his corporate job as a, a he was in international sales and was like, I'm going to be a keynote speaker. I'm going to be an influencer. I'm going to go. And at the time, this was in 2001. So f- no Facebook, you know, and YouTube, he started uploading videos to YouTube and he gave himself a hundred videos. And he's like, listen, I'm going to do hundred videos, anything less than that and I'm not giving it my all. I'm not having a good sample size. Right. So I'm going to do hundred videos. He said, it was nothing. There was like nothing, no traction, no audience. He got to a hundred and all of a sudden it just started taking off. Um, and we talk and I, I talk a lot about, you know, what there's so many now social networks out there. My bread and butter has been LinkedIn. No others are YouTube. Some people are Twitter. How do you know when to, um, maybe you don't give it up, but maybe you stop focusing on it. Where at what point are you like, listen, my audience, I've tried a number of things. My audience isn't here. This isn't, I'm going to double down on YouTube or I'm going to double down on LinkedIn and not spend as much time on Instagram or Facebook.
0: Yeah, that's a great insight because uh, if you're on all the social networks, it's really hard to get good at them all. But if you double down, like I first doubled down on Twitter and if you get good at a social network, it's better to get good at all of them. So I would say when you figure out which of your social networks is driving the most engagement and it's really obvious, I would double down on that one. But at the same time, I would try to combine them. So I'm really focusing on YouTube now. It's a great thing about YouTube is you could uh, like, you can do posts there. That's a relatively new feature, but you can do video like videos, like the main way to create on on YouTube and get big there. Uh, So what I do is I'll just take that YouTube video, put it up on YouTube, And then I'll either do snippets and post them on other social networks, or I'll just use the other social networks to drive traction to my YouTube channel. So, uh, sometimes it may not necessarily be, I could give up this social network. It could just be use all of your other social networks to point to your big one Mm. or to the one that you want to grow. Because uh, I get that. We have such a limited amount of time. We do want to focus on the ones that are yielding the best results but even if it's a simple post saying, check out this video I just posted or check out my Instagram or whatever it is, it keeps all of your social networks in play. And,
1: and you talk a lot about the cross promotion and kind of that circularity, if that's a, even an appropriate <laughs> word. Um, is that really where you see some of the magic happen in terms of growing YouTube and growing, you know, making sure that YouTube video gets on LinkedIn and or making sure your LinkedIn article gets on Facebook and, and, and really that cross promotion? Is that, is that where a lot of the magic happens?
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, I'll use a YouTube and LinkedIn, for example, because that's re- working really well for me. Uh, the YouTube grows on its own, and I lead people to a LinkedIn article, and then people see all the other YouTube videos. So, when someone's watching a YouTube video, they only see one of them, unless you've got like uh, cards in play in your video. But, uh, lead people LinkedIn, people see the uh, YouTube. But then there are a lot of people, because I'm also I'm like, I do stuff on LinkedIn. So there are people who will like, who will comment on the post who maybe they don't know about my YouTube channel yet, but they've known me for a while on LinkedIn. And then they see my videos and subscribe to my channel. So uh, I'd say just that like the focus here is attention. Attention is the key word when it comes to creating content, marketing content, and to really bounce people around like that. That's how you keep attention for a very long amount of time.
1: Got it. Got it. In terms of audience, you know, coming up with that ideal customer persona that you want. And I I tell the story, I, I did a startup workshop in Cairo, Egypt last year. And there was a guy who had seen me on LinkedIn and was like, oh, you're successful on LinkedIn. How do I use it? How can I use it? How can I monetize it? And he was like in a medical device company and his audience was like seniors who were retired and physically challenged. And I'm like, well, maybe LinkedIn is the place, but are you sure? Are you sure they're on LinkedIn? And, and he, he couldn't answer that question. How do you find your ideal audience and speak directly to them? And then with your clients, what do you suggest to them to do that? Because maybe, maybe, yeah, everyone in the world is on Facebook, but maybe they're really on spending more time on LinkedIn and it's easier to find them.
0: So there's different ways to find your specific audience. On LinkedIn, LinkedIn's actually the best for finding individuals because you can search people by location, you can search people by occupation. Uh, so LinkedIn, you have a lot more to play with when it comes to finding specific people. Uh, but there are some universal ways, like on Facebook and LinkedIn, for example, you have groups. So uh, sometimes you got to build your own audience, which I feel like everyone should be doing. But other times you could piggyback on someone else's audience, and you hmm. can participate in groups to grow your audience and put yourself in front of the people who you need to be putting yourself in front of. So I actually hired a YouTube coach. That's something I do. I like to hire coaches because that makes me a better coach. That's what makes me a better creator. And I found this YouTube coach from a Facebook group because someone who I saw from a Facebook group, I interviewed that person. And that person said, check out this person who is a YouTube coach. So sometimes just being active in groups puts you in a better position because it's a more meaningful relationship with like-minded people. Uh, So that's something I would say everyone do because you're leveraging someone else's audience. And another great thing is collaborations also. So we're doing this interview right now. I'm going to promote this to my audience. So you're going to get more people who fit your avatar because we speak to entrepreneurs and similar minded audiences. So if you collaborate with people in your space and you each promote the content that you're in, that's going to give you that audience over time, which is why I recommend podcasting and virtual summits and YouTube with other creators. So those are just some ideas. And even for blogging, letting people guest post on your site where they bring people to the content.
1: That's awesome. And and you know, talking podcasting, it's, you know, I've been doing this since January of last year. So over a year and a half. Podcasting is a little bit of a different animal. It's getting better in terms of analytics and being able to see some of the data. But that's even changing now and getting better. But it's still not, you talk about like YouTube and yeah. retention and finding out where people are coming from and finding out, you know, sometimes you look at, I use Libsyn and I look at the data and it's like, There's no rhyme or reason for why all of a sudden on that day when I had no episode, it jumped and it was like a Sunday, it jumped up, you know, 500 or whatever. When you're doing a podcast, it's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to feel like you're, you know, you're yelling down an empty tunnel. (laughs) You don't know if anyone's listening. What do you suggest for people who not just starting out, but maybe they're two months into it and they're feeling, my goodness, what am I doing? I don't know if I'm reaching anyone. I can kind of see some stats, but there's no rhyme or reason. I can't tell which type of my content really generates it because you know, at the beginning, especially it's like the difference between 50 and 25. There's no real data.
0: So I, I would say keep going with it. Uh, there's going to be more insight in that answer, obviously. But I would say I keep going with it because there are a lot of creators who it takes them a while to achieve that success. But I would look at your content. I would also do some research and see... Is this actually something ranking? Podcasting, that stuff is a little harder, but uh, if you look around and you see, like, if you just do some searches to see, like, how many episodes are around a certain topic, that can help you. Like, I know for YouTube, there's great resources like vidIQ and TubeBuddy, which let you see, like, how a keyword's actually performing. So, when it comes to repurposing some podcast content on YouTube, I will do a YouTube search to see which question I should ask and which answer should turn into a video based on how well that keyword is doing on YouTube. So I would just do some more research on the content. Another thing is think about the goal. Like what are you trying to even do with your podcast? Because there could be a different way to achieve it. So one of the goals my clients have is they want to use their podcast to get more clients. And that's their main goal. Well, you don't need a ton of listeners for that because uh, one of the things that I do is I turn some of my guests into clients and then, that's how that relationship works. So I know some people uh, who they start a podcast, zero downloads, thousands of dollars from it already, just because they turned their uh, their guests into clients. So I would also say mm. that the research is good and the thinking of better ways to promote is good, but what's your goal? If it's to get clients, then I mean, you just interview a few guests who fit your avatar.
1: That's great advice. That's great advice. Um, when it comes to content, what for you personally, what's your mix of organic
0: to, uh, do you do any paid? Not really. I I, I just do more of the organic. Um, I like, like the collaborations because I feel like with the organic, it forces you to know people on a deeper level. Like you can't just do organic and it's just you. If you do organic, you have a big organic strategy in play. You are going to Develop strong relationships with people. That's just how organic works. So I primarily do that.
1: And so uh, Facebook, you focus on an organic strategy and um, and it, it, it seems to be working for you in, in terms of, because a lot of times, you know, it's like, well, Facebook's pay to play and, you know, yeah. uh, but, but the organic is working for you on Facebook too?
0: Oh, yeah. Facebook is pay to play unless you're joining the groups. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the groups, it's organic. But if you have like a page and you're trying to get exposed for that, it's definitely more on the pay to play side. And
1: YouTube organic too. You, you said you just surpassed, uh, did you say 3,500? 3,
0: yeah. 3,500. Definitely 3, by the time this video was up, I mean, this interview's up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So one of your books is one of your 20 plus books is content marketing secrets. Uh, I don't want you to give it away because I want people to go to Amazon, buy the book, but can you give us a taste of what some secrets are that um, someone could expect to find in that book?
0: Sure. So content marketing secrets, it's one of those, like this is the main book you need on content marketing. Uh, We go over content creation, we go over content marketing, social media marketing, content monetization. So uh, how do we create content that reaches a ton of people and makes money. That is what Content Marketing Secrets is all about. Uh, we, go, we take a deep dive into each of the key social networks. Uh, we take a dive into some best practices for creating content like how have I created 20 plus books, thousands of videos, even more blog posts and how you can create, put out more content and how to have the time to market all that content. Because when you create a prolific amount of content, you got to do a prolific amount of marketing for it to all be worth it. So. Uh, those, that's just a little bit of what you'll get from the book content marketing secrets.
1: Cool. Cool. And, and, you know, having written so many books, um, I have my, actually my book is out in September and, um, I set a goal this year, uh, in December of last year for this year, like I'm going to publish my book. And I set that outcome, focused on it, did it, and in one month it's going to happen. And I talked about it on a LinkedIn live the other day and I had a number of people say, Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to write my book for two years. I've been wanting to write it for three. I start the book and then I fit, you know, you've written 20 plus books. There are people who've been had, had that book idea for 20 years and they can't get it done. What would you tell someone to get off the dime, get at least their first book done from yeah. someone who has done
0: 20 plus books? I would say spend more time on the outline just to make sure you have it fully mapped out. Uh, I'm just going to grab two of my books for a second just to show you another example of this. Um, but like my book, Content Marketing Secrets, as you can see, very thick book. My other book, The Wealthy Author, and this is what I do for more of them now, not as thick. So you don't have to write a 200 page book, 300 page book. You could just do like an 80 to hundred page book. And then people are going to read that book more likely from start to finish because uh, if you have to read, you know, a book like *The Wealthy Author*, where it's like this, or *Tools of Titans*, you could finish my book in one sitting. But unless you really love Tim Ferriss or you really love the idea of the book, no way you're finishing that in a few days, let alone one sitting. And if you make the books shorter, they're easier for you to write. So Content Marketing Secrets, that's a little over 60,000 words, while The Wealthy Author and all the other books I do are around 20,000 words. So if you make your books shorter, it's easier for you to finish them. It's easier for you to write multiple books also and build up your book portfolio. And it's what can really help you go from I can't write this book to 20,000 words. It's not too bad.
1: You're putting out videos, you're writing books, you're doing keynote speaking, you're doing the podcast. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of folks out there who's oh, I'm busy. I'm too busy. And I, I can't stand that word because I think busy is a choice and some people yeah. wear busy as a badge of honor to like show how important they are. Yep. What do you say to someone who is like Wow, you're doing all this stuff. I just don't have time to do it. And here you are, 20 plus books, podcasts, YouTube videos, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, keynotes, podcast, you know, all this. What do you say to someone who says they don't have
0: enough time to do all of this? I mean, uh, I would say you don't care enough because if you, we all have time for something because it's not like we have no time. We can't do anything. We just sit in the corner for 24 hours. We all have time for stuff. Now, one of the things that I hear, one of the things that happens if, if you're a parent and you want to spend time with your kids, that's great because uh, that's one of the most important things. That's where you should really be focusing a lot of your time. Uh, but when it comes to like people who say, I don't have the time to do keynote or to podcast or to write books, I feel like that's also a lazy answer because you don't look at your schedule. Like, I'm going back into school soon. My, my last semester, I get out uh, early early. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to do podcast episodes and videos during the car rides. Hmm, so got it. it's not just like I'm listening to music and that's a great opportunity for so many people. And then they'll say, I don't have time to do a podcast, but they, I, I, I don't have time for a YouTube channel, but I have time to watch a Netflix series. So, uh, I think it's a very lazy answer that doesn't let people like really hone in on their schedule. Uh, because if you do a minute-by-minute minute analysis, like if you do like, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes, that for 30 minutes, this is my 30-minute break, this is my hour of power where I write my book. Uh, if you do stuff like that, you're going to realize you have a lot more time to play with. I think, And if you uh, say you don't have enough time, I'm going to bet you don't have a schedule in play at all or any systems in place.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people I find, uh, they they try to hide behind um, excuses, you know, yeah. if they're, if they're first building their company, it's like, well, why aren't you selling? Oh, cause my website isn't exactly right. My logo isn't exactly right. It's like I had 10 clients before I even had either of those things. Or when it comes to a podcast, they hide behind, well, so-and-so told me I need an audio mixer and I need this. And what kind of mic do you yeah. use? And for the first, I, I mean, I just got this mic set up a month or two ago, there were times last year where I had my phone, I had an app on my phone, I'd sit in my car and I'd record a podcast. It doesn't matter down the line. Yeah. If you want to take it to the next level, but the bottom line is content. I used to, I I used to work in political campaigns and back before we even were doing heavy email. And I actually once wrote a press statement for a, a reporter in a restaurant. Actually it was in a bar on a cocktail napkin. And then I went to the corporate world and I had someone who was so hell bent on the margins in a press release being right. And it's like, I wrote this. I had the same effect writing this damn thing on a cocktail napkin. And I apply that now. It's like, stop hiding behind the mic you're going to use. Stop hiding. And a lot of people start out like, oh, I'm going to buy a high-end camera. And I got to wait till that camera comes in before I do my first LinkedIn video. What do you use, Curtis? like, I use my phone you know, content is content. If you have quality content, right, that's going to shine through regardless of the type of camera, the type of mic, and the bells and whistles.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just got to keep creating content. I mean, my first video, not the best quality. I used my computer's microphone and all that stuff. I set the computer up on an ironing board. So definitely not the ideal setup, but It was a video and it's one more video than people who say I need a perfect setup.
1: Mark, you said you're going back to school. Yeah. How old are you? I am 21 right now. So for everyone listening, Mark's 21 years old. He's written more books than he spent years on this earth. He's got a successful podcast. He's giving keynote speeches. If you're 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, and you're saying it can't be done. If you, if you try to convince yourself of a limiting belief that you don't have the experience to get it done, that no one's gonna wanna hear your voice, I want you to check out Mark. I want you to check out his content. I want you to get his book, Content Marketing Secrets, or one of the other 20 plus books that he has. I want you, if you're listening to this, I want you to go to his podcast, start listening to that. He's 21 years old he's done all this incredible stuff. And if you're 40 thinking, I can't get it done, or I don't have enough time to get it done, look at Mark as your example. And yes, I want you to feel a little bit bad. I want to light a fire under you that you have zero excuse for not getting it done. And so Mark, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. If When people, listen, I've given some of these links, I've given some of the examples, but if people wanna go to a one-stop shop to find more about you, subscribe
0: to the podcast, get your books, where should they go? I think if you Google be Mark bird, that's a great start. I also have content marketing success summit.com. Over 70 people are part of that. It's an evergreen event. And also one of the things I like to say, it's never too late to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just the slogan I just came up with a few days ago, but that's Mark birdie as well. Mark, thank you so much for joining. My pleasure.